Hello, be beautiful. Welcome to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser here to guide you on your journey as you stop caring what other people think and start living life on your terms. And part of people pleasing comes from external validation. Our actions are based off of wanting people to like us, our worth is tied into what we can do for people, and we care so much about what other people think about us. And the more value we put on that external validation, the further away we get from who we truly are. So in order to help us unplug from external validation, we get to learn from Aaron Bogdan, an authenticity coach, sole purpose activator, and former people pleaser. Aaron's life changed when she realized she had everything that she thought she wanted and still wasn't happy. From Aaron's story, you'll learn how to unplug from external validation, how to separate yourself from your inner critic, how to define your worth, deal with negative thoughts by taking empowered action, and how your thoughts are like farts. This conversation will help you shift your people-pleasing mindset, change your thoughts, and inspire you to step into your authentic self. Erin, thank you so much for joining me today. To get started, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah, thanks, Ariel, for having me on today. My name is Erin Bogdan. I am an authenticity coach and sole purpose activator, and I help ambitious go-getters, high achievers, and people pleasers like who I used to be ditch their self-doubt, ditch their not-enough mindset, and really step into their most confident, capable, authentic selves. And that's why I lo- I'm so excited to be here because your podcast is all about being you. And that is exactly my journey. Yes, I love it. I mean, that's why I'm like so excited to talk to you today of like, how did you get from being like a former people pleaser to where you are now? So will you just take us back to when you were kind of more of a people pleaser? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about the journey too, because it's been quite a journey. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly didn't really have an awareness that I was a people pleaser Yeah, (laughs) for, you know, what basically happened was I had, my sister struggled with addiction and we didn't really, weren't aware that she had struggled with addiction. She probably was using maybe for a good part of most of her teenage years. She's two years younger than me. And essentially I walked into, as a result of her addiction, we, you know, had an intervention. She went and got help and the therapist kept saying to me, you know, you really should go to Al-Anon. You should go to Al-Anon. And Al-Anon is for family members of alcoholics. And so yeah. the first time I walked into Al-Anon was really the awareness that like, oh my God, I've been disconnected from my own needs, my own wants, my own desires. And I've been caretaking and people pleasing for everyone else around me. And so that was really like the biggest wake up call that I had that, that now looking back, I know the reason why I was people pleasing was because that's where I felt like I got the most attention, love and validation. You know, like there was obviously a lot of chaos in our home and she drew a lot of the attention to her. And I felt like, okay, you know, kids are so smart. We figure out what do we need to do to get our needs met? And basically Mm -hmm. I had figured out, you know, like we'll play this role, be this caretaker, be this people pleaser, and then you'll get your needs really met. And I just want to share a little bit and we can dive into this more if you want. That was like the first big wake up call. And then this that was in 2012. And the second biggest wake up call for me was in 2017, about five years later, 
I was at the time a corporate recruiter traveling from New Jersey to Maryland. And I had started listening to this podcast episode around connecting into your purpose, connecting into your passion. And to make a long story short, I ended up the gentleman who was talking, talking about his retreat in Bali. And I just felt this like soul-centered, heart-centered, yes, like I need to go, I need to do this. Yeah. And I decided to go, which was, you know, scary because it was like halfway around the world. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And basically to make a long story short, when I got there, it was really intensive group therapy. Now, if I knew <laughs> that I was going to be like, you know, I was coaching, but it was like really therapy too. Yeah. <laughs> so like we were in a room for hours on end and we were just going into our shit. <laughs> like no other way of describing it. And by the way, sorry, I should have said this ahead of time. I'm from New Jersey. So I, you know, I have some fire within me. Um, so hopefully your listeners okay with me. <laughs> I love it. You're being yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. And so in that experience, that was like really when I started to peel back my past conditioning, unraveling my past trauma and really understanding, whoa, like this role that I've been playing isn't who I authentically am. This is the person I've been showing up as in order to get those needs met. And so that was like really the journey of the start of like, I am no longer, you know, who Aaron thinks like the persona of Erin of who you need her to be, who you think she should be. And from that moment was really like me stepping into my power, reclaiming my voice, owning my worth so that then I can move forward from this more authentic place. Now I say that all to say like it was a, you know, happy, like go lucky, you know, it was like a magic turn of the switch and that happened. No, like from since then, since 2017, I've been on this journey of doing that. So yeah, I can share anything more you want to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I want to go back because, I mean, first of all, like that first wake up call that you had, you know, with your sister and realizing that you also had to uncover some things and that you were playing this role. I feel like that's just like some like a really good thing that you bring up of like you weren't really aware that you had created this role for yourself like it was kind of like subconscious I think so many of us can relate to that we just kind of like realize like wait this is not who we really want to be like and so I like that you bring that up but I'm kind of curious of like once that was that kind of like opened your eyes but then like you know you didn't really have this other aha moment until 2017 like what kind of happened in between that was it something that you were kind of aware of or yeah. do you just like slip back I love into that, you, that? I love that you asked that. Yeah, because that was, Alna was definitely like what set the stage for me because I was in that program and I actually just started recently going back to it because I'd taken a break since, you know, my daughter, she's four now. And so yeah. anyway, I went to that religiously once a week. That was, I walked into those rooms and I just felt like I had a second family because people got me. Like for mm -hmm. once in my life, I felt fully seen, fully heard, fully understood. Like I didn't have to shut off or shrink myself. And it just felt so comfortable and so safe. And what really ended up happening was people kept talking about they had peace and serenity. And I was like, how? You know, some people had situations way worse off than I did. And I was like, how? how are these people, you know, like, I want that. I want to right. feel peace and happiness and freedom. Like, that's what I want. So it was a process, I would say, of really starting to number, like, as I reflect, I don't think I had the awareness in the moment, but now knowing, reflecting back, it was like, it was a process of starting to put myself first. It was a process mm -hmm. of starting to take care of me. It was a process 
of setting boundaries and, you know, speaking my truth and owning my experience. You know, for years, my, I remember my mom saying before that she didn't want anyone to know that my sister had an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, and even that is like shutting off from a version of my truth. Like, how can right. you say something that I'm experiencing? I can't even talk about when like that's impacting me so deeply. So what? that's why that podcast got my attention because he was talking about the next step of really awakening to your true essence, to, you know, owning your purpose, owning your passion. And you can't really own your purpose and your passion until you know who you are, mm-hmm. right? And so like, it was this, I call this entire journey for me, it was really like a homecoming of coming back to myself, of understanding who is Aaron really? And, you know, uh, one other thing I'll share that about that is, you know, in the moment, I never wished addiction on anyone, but in the moments, you know, of the chaos, it felt like why, you know, there was a, definitely a big piece of me being the victim of like, why is this happening to me? Why is this my life? You know, like mm-hmm. very just like, I wanted to be, I wanted to just get out of the whole situation. I literally to paint the picture, I I stayed for college. I went to college 15 minutes away and I lived on campus. That's how like much I wanted to get out of my house. And so, yeah, I would never wish it on anyone, but it was such a huge, like if that was literally like the catalyst for everything that transpired of me coming back to myself. And if I hadn't had that experience, that's why I say, look at what blessing is this experience offering you? Because it's like, that is literally what put me on the path that I don't say. And that's what set me up to also now help people, coach people that like, you know, that were an old version of me, you know, that Mm -hmm. was struggling with those things that I struggled with that I have now overcome and dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And I think it's just like a good point of like, stuff happens and it happens to everybody, but we can still see those experiences and what we go through as something that will help us and help us help other people. And like, I totally relate to, you know, your mom being like, don't talk about this. Cause I think a lot of people are like that, like family secrets and don't talk about that. But that's like a huge part of what you're going through. And like to, you know, keep that in you and not be able to share that or talk about it with anybody like that's holding so much back and like not really allowing people to see you for who you truly are and what you're truly going through. So I'm glad that you're in a space now that you can talk about your experience and and help others with that. And so I'm curious, like for all of us that can't go to Bali and enjoy this like deep coaching experience, like what can people do to really start finding who they truly are? Yeah, it's such an amazing question because I also, I feel like that's why I do what I do so people, number one, don't have to travel to Bali. But yeah, there's so many practical things that you can do. Yeah, so a huge part of that, and I know this is something we're talking about, is like step one is really like unplugging from external validation. Mm -hmm. And so off, so many people pleasers, high achievers, you know, a lot of times we do what we do because we get the approval. We want us to be seen. We want to feel validated and we want to feel, you know, heard. And we want to be like, you know, and I guess I can speak to my own experience. Like, I just want it to be like, you know, I want to do this great thing and be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I didn't consciously have that story, but like subconsciously that was going on, you know, like my work was plugged into how people saw me or my accomplishments or my achievements or my appearance or, you know, my salary, like all those things is what 
really what defined my worth for me. So step one mm-hmm. is really starting to unplug from the external validation and starting to see your own greatness. And for practical things on how to do that, something that's super simple, two things that I do, you know, almost daily now because it's just just a practice is to acknowledge yourself for three things each day that you are proud of yourself for. What did you do really well? That And it could be, I mean, it doesn't have to be this like, you know, grandiose thing. You know, I gave this an example the other day to a client where Savannah didn't have the best sleep through the night. And as an entrepreneur, I obviously create my own schedule. So I understand there's a little bit more ease with this, but like I was exhausted and I realized would it serve me to just, you know, in in the past I would have been a, a, you know, a stickler to you got this to do, you got to get your shit done you got to cross off your to-do list. I was like, no, I'm exhausted. It would actually serve me more now. Like asking myself, what is my need? Okay. I'm tired. And I gave myself permission to take a nap for an hour, right? To just lay down and rest. And like years ago, I would never, ever do that. I'd have the story in my mind playing like, you can't sit down, you can't rest. There's no time for that. You have to be productive. And that was like my mom's voice. So like, that's something I acknowledged myself for that, you know, it could be something like that. So what are three things that you're proud of? And then number two is celebrating every win. I mean, like every single simple win, like that was a win, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, what I say celebrate, it can be something really simple. The key is just to feel good in your body, to feel energy, joy, excitement. And what immediately connects that in, like I can drop into that so quickly just through dancing. If I put on a three minute song that I love to dance to, I'll just dance. And like that gets the, the joy flowing. So yeah definitely need to unplug from external validation. And then the second piece around that too is creating separation between our internal voice of our inner critic and understanding those thoughts aren't who we truly are. We've interpreted, we've, excuse me, we've inherited them from our past and, and starting to create the separation between your thoughts a lot of times we think our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions are who we are. And it's like, no, they're, they're separate. They're your thoughts. And the problem mm-hmm. becomes when we attach to those thoughts and then we think those thoughts are true. And then we become this version of ourselves that we're not, that takes us further away from our authentic self. Yeah. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. So how, how do you separate yourself from those thoughts? So I totally get like your thoughts are what leads you to your actions and what you're going to do. So how do you really separate that? Yeah, it's kind of like three steps I like to talk about, which is number one, understanding that your thoughts are just thoughts, like seeing them for what they are. I like to say they, you know, they're just like a fart. They come and go with the wind, you know, like (laughs) I, I feel like when you add humor into it, it's like, yeah, why do I take these things so seriously? Like it's just a fart. And so if you can remember one thing with this interview, like remember your thoughts are farts and then you'll start laughing about them, you know, because my thoughts back then when I went to Bali, we had to do a, a brain dump of our, the prompt was do a brain dump of your thoughts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't realize like literally all my brain dumped and my thoughts was all negative. Like he didn't say do a brain dump of your negative thoughts. No, my thoughts were just literally all negative. You can't do this. You're not good enough. You're, you know, at the time, I mean, this is kind of crazy to think about, but like I had body image issues. I mean, I probably had some body dysmorphia because I used to think that I was fat. But again, that was like, that was the story of what I grew up with as a focus of appearance. So, you know, 
really understanding, and that can even be a helpful exercise, doing a brain dump of what thoughts live in your head. You know, if your friend took over your body for a day, what thoughts would they be hearing in your mind? Um, and how would they feel? <laughs> right? How would they feel? Would they like themselves? Would you talk to them that way? No, you wouldn't talk to them that way. So why do you talk to yourself that way? So step one, <laughs> you are not your thoughts. Step two, starting to see your thoughts, like almost as if a movie is playing on the screen or another analogy I like to use is they're floating by like a log on a river. Your thoughts are floating by like a log on a river. And instead of like plucking the thought out of the river, pulling it out, it's like, don't attach the thought, just see the thought as a thought. Like when you can just create separation and see the thought as a thought, we don't then say, oh, well, I must be this. I am this. I can't do this. It's like, well, no, that's one possibility. One possibility is you can't do this, but the other possibility is you can do this. So it's like, once you can create the separation, then you step three can start to choose a conscious, more empowering thought. And that's how you start to shift. And that's a version of taking your power back because right now it's like we are throwing our power away to these thoughts. We need to take our power back, see the separation, choose more empowering thoughts. And from just something, you know, I forget the phrase. I think it's like, your thoughts become your beliefs, your beliefs become your actions and your actions, I want to say, become your reality. So it's yeah. like from something as simple as changing your thoughts, you can literally start to change your reality. Yeah, that's really powerful and a really good way to look at your thoughts of just like, you're just observing them and being aware of what they are. And especially like with the brain dump and like realizing how negative they can be. But then you know, once you observe them, just having that power to say, like, I'm going to choose different thoughts. I think that's just like a really good way to look at it and break it down. Because I think we hear all the time, like, oh, just think more positively. And it's just like, well, like, where where's that going to come from? <laughs> like, I can't do that. So I really like that you like broke that down for us. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing that just came up too around thoughts is like the idea. And then when I first started my journey, because I was also an overthinker in my head, I had always thought like, you need to get your, you need to like rid yourself of your thoughts. And it's like, that is not realistic. You know, unless you're like, you know, an enlightened Buddha or enlightened monk, you know, and maybe, maybe they've gotten to this place where they have very little thoughts. It's like, that's not reality, right? So it's like giving permission for the thoughts to be there is absolutely okay. And, you know, for me, I'm in my early thirties now. It's like, I've been living 33 years or now before, like, let's say before I started this journey, I was living 28 years, you know, with this attachment to my thoughts. Those thoughts aren't just going to like poof, disappear, go away. So it's mm -hmm. like understanding too, I still have moments, you know, where my all old thought patterns come in. Like I want to start filming like more seated, like YouTube style videos, right? And like yeah. repurpose them to different platforms. And I got in my head of like, I can't do this. I can't figure out how to edit. Like, and I got into this, you know, got into this old spiral of like the overwhelm and the spiraling and two hours of YouTubing and watching, binge watching videos. And then I was like, and then like the, the see, I would have years ago would have been in that pattern for like two weeks of procrastination, no action. Yeah. I had, I gave myself permission to be there. I started with the overwhelm. I let the overwhelm be okay. And then I had the awareness and be like, oh, Aaron, this is that pattern coming up and you can't do this. And then the next day I chose like, no, you can do this. And I sat down, I did the video. The video is now up on my social page. Like, you know, I don't want you to know I'm not like, you know, perfect human where like now, no, I don't have no negative thoughts. Like, absolutely. No, I have negative thoughts, but I, 
I'm aware of when they come in and I can take more empowering action from that place now. Yeah. I love that you share that with us because I think so often, especially with social media and stuff, we see people doing things and we're just like, oh, they're just like perfect all the time. But it's like, no, like the negative thoughts still come up, but now you actually are able to be aware and catch them sooner and like not go down that like rabbit hole spiral. Cause like, as you're talking, I'm like, I, this is, that's me. Like that's, I'm totally an overthinker. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's, it is a process and a journey that we're going to have to continuously work on, but just giving ourselves like that grace and room to grow of like, you know, it's okay. Like, yes, we can do it. And I'm going to catch myself in that old pattern and like move forward. So I'm really glad that you shared that with us. <laughs> and then I'm kind of curious about like, when it comes to like unplugging from that external validation and like finding that worthiness, like from yourself, I mean, I really liked that you talked about like acknowledging yourself and like those three things that you're proud of. Like I hadn't heard that before. And I really like that because, you know, you always like hear about like gratitude and then like I'm all about like small wins and stuff because I think everything just like celebrated as like as a reminder. But I really liked that aspect of like really like acknowledging yourself and things that you're proud of because I can just see that building up your confidence and just like adding to like know what you're capable and worthy of but I guess I'm curious of like is there anything more of like helping people finding worthiness from within that you like like what does that look like (laughs) yeah you know it's funny because I really sat with that question too because I shared I think in the beginning I started going back to Al-Anon and this was Mm -hmm. It just by chance, someone came into my life who needed Alan. I got back to a meeting with her to sh- introduce her. And then I was like, wow, I miss coming here. Cause like I said, I feel like I had my second community. So last night I actually went to a meeting and the topic was around self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And we got into the topic of worthiness and the like what was read. I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And I was like, this is the journey I've been on. The answer that really came to me from that reading was worthiness comes when you love and accept yourself fully. And now that's like an elephant. Topic, right? <laughs> but like, we'll break it down a little bit because it's like, I wish I could say there's a magic pill to loving and accepting yourself. But the truth is, it's just a journey. At least yeah. it's been a journey for me. Like I can say, you know, like I said, in 2017, I, I didn't realize I actually hated myself. You know, I, yeah. I had everything I thought that I wanted and yet I still wasn't happy. Like, what kind of life is that to live, to be miserable? And so then also be constantly nitpicking in my head, like nitpicking everything. You could be doing this. You should be doing this. Why aren't you doing that? Right? And so the last, you know, four or five years, honestly, has been a journey of loving and accepting myself fully. And I say that from all different facets of my life, you know, from now, you know, to give you two kind of, big examples for me is number one on the financial end. Like, like I said, my self-work was always a tie to my title and my job. I had a six-figure corporate career that I left, which is a whole nother story, but like it just, you know, timing from God, the universe, divine, whomever you choose to call or believe, it just happened where I, like, I basically was pushed to leave, you know, it was like a push to leave. And then like, that's when I did my coaching certification. That's when I launched my business, which I launched my business in February of 2020, right before the pandemic. (laughs) So, you know, I've been in a place where I've been always got, like I've been always taken care of and supported, but I'm nowhere, you know, I've been the brokest I've ever been in my life, right? Like Mm. 
compared to when you have this steady, secure income and now you're an entrepreneur and you're just, <laughs> you're the one, right? Like creating wealth for yourself. And what I realized was that that experience, again, when I say we're not the victim to it, that had to happen. So I realized I am just as worthy now as if I, when I was, you know, three, four years ago, I'd say if you go to a homeless person on the street, they're no less worthy than you, right? Yeah. But like sometimes people may feel that way and like really having to unplug, I guess to, to answer your question, I had to unplug from all the things that I had gotten my worth from and start to acknowledge like how I am worthy just for being me, you know, how yeah. like what are kind of like talking out loud, thinking out loud because it's like, what I reflect, it was like just from, you know, what it was to a big piece of it was like really spending time with me, you know, mm -hmm. like creating space to just be, you know, in whatever way felt good. Like, you know, a couple examples, sometimes I'll go and ground myself in the earth and lay on a yoga mat. Sometimes I'll just sit in meditation. Sometimes I'll go out in nature and just to just literally be with me, to be yeah. with me and to acknowledge like I you know, all the ways that I've acted, that was another thing. Even in those moments of maybe not contributing as much as I would have liked to financially, like all the places that I am valuable, all the places that I am offering, like, you know, even through those times I've been working with clients and the clients I've worked with have seen like their life's totally transformation changes. Like I had to also realize like I can be broke and I can be extremely worthy and I can be broke and I can be offering extreme value. You know what I mean? And there was also another layer of that. Like the reason too was, you know, now this is, you know, I've been what, two years in this, almost going on three years. The big piece is I wasn't charging my worth also back then because mm -hmm. when you don't believe you have value, you're severely undercharging. So yeah you know, there's a whole shift that's happened around really claiming my worthiness, claiming my value and, and owning that. And the same thing happened with my appearance. I am basically probably the, the heaviest that I've been, like, I want to say I'm at the weight that I was at when I had my daughter. So I'm like 40 pounds heavier than I've been like my entire life. Not had to, that was a huge thing that I needed to deal with, with like, again, my worth being attached to my appearance. And it was the same, the same lesson mm -hmm. of I am valuable regardless of what anything outside of myself says. And now that I've like really, like I said, this has been a process because like there was a part of me resisting the weight, like, you know, wanting to at one point, you know, this had to be maybe like a year ago now, a little bit less, we can jump into our old tendencies of like, oh, well, I could just control what I eat, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I know how to lose weight, but I'm like, do I want to do that? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be, I want to be in tune with my body where I can nourish my body. Just because, by the way, I'm 40 pounds heavier doesn't mean I'm not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's, you know, a lot happening, but it's all about really unplugging from the external and pulling it back into yourself and acknowledging your worth just as you truly are. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love all of that so much. I'm like, I think we can all just relate to the different aspects of your story. And I think just like, especially as women and like with our society, like we just are taught that we have to, you know, look a certain way or be a certain way. And then especially like now that, 
you know, it's like you got to like work and have kids and just like you're expected to do it all. And we're expected to have our lives look a certain way. And then when they don't look that way, then it's like we feel like we're doing something wrong and like that we. So, yeah, it's just like so important for us to really get back to ourselves. And and like you said about your weight of like, you know, being 40 pounds like heavier doesn't mean you're unhealthy. And like, yes, we know what to do, but like, do we want to do that? I think sometimes we're chasing things that like we just don't even truly want. We've got to like look back of like, wait, do I actually really want this or need this or does it actually matter to me? I think that's just so important. And I want to go back to what it was like for you to leave your six figure job and, you know, enter being an entrepreneur. Cause I think that's also another thing of that we can feel guilty about of like, Oh, I'm like leaving this good job. It's got benefits. Like, how do I do it? And I'm sure you heard <laughs> stuff from people like that's not a great idea. Or what yeah. are you thinking? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what was that like? <laughs> yeah. And actually one other thing I wanted to just share that came up around the whole weight thing is, and this is what really helped me embrace loving and accepting myself as I am where I am was I had looked, you know, there's been many periods in my life where I thought that I looked fat or I thought that I looked, you know, overweight or I didn't feel good, right, in my body. And I would look back on pictures and I'd be like, oh my God, like I was beautiful, you know? And I'm, and that that honestly is what changed. I was like, oh my God, back then I actually was skinny. And I mean, I, I'm talking about like, I had three different, four different examples of like me where I vividly remember not liking my body mm-hmm. and looking back and being like, you were beautiful, you were skinny. And I was like, wow, if I couldn't accept myself then, when am I going to accept myself? You know, like yeah. I don't want to fast forward 40 years and be looking back on this moment and being like, you were beautiful. Why didn't you accept yourself? And that's when I made yeah. the conscious decision of I'm just going to accept myself. And the way that I started to do that was through also doing what feels good. Like, Mm. you know, honoring my body now, wearing clothes now, like basically doing, like still dressing in a way that makes me feel good. Because it's like when I do, that's another way of just, you know, honoring your value, honoring your worth. So yeah. I oh, I love that. that. And just like, you're going to do it now. Cause I think so many times we can be like, Oh, I'll, I'll buy that dress or wear that when I like, you know, right. lose weight or whatever, but like, no, like do it now. So I just, yeah. 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 Because if not now, then when, like, you exactly. know, like I didn't want to be in this cycle that it was just a cycle of self-hatred. Like why, why, for what, you know, to feel shitty, like, no, feel fucking good. You know? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, the corporate thing definitely heard all of that from my dad, you know, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Actually, I had the running joke to my husband and I, cause one day out of nowhere, like this has had to be two months ago, we sat down to dinner and he's like, you know, Aaron, out, of, out of nowhere, you know, Aaron, you could have been a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him like, what? Like, Years ago, that would have triggered me and I would have been so angry because I would have been, I would have felt not seen. I'd be like, what I'm doing is not good enough for you. You know, like yeah, yeah. I would have had that like, and I just started cracking up hysterically because then he was, he was playing on this vision of what my life could be if I chose the path that I, that he thought that I wanted when I said I wanted to be a vet one, 
when I was five, which by the way, I can't even stand blood. So that wouldn't work out anyway. And he was like, I could be the janitor because he's retired now. And I was like, yeah, I could be the front desk reception. I'm like, so now they're playing out this fantasy of what my life could be if I had just chosen the path that they thought that that would be good for me, right? <laughs> That's and funny. I, yeah, I say all that to say it was like the same thing of the reason that I was on this path of what I thought was success to climb the corporate ladder, right, was to really achieve the vision of what they had defined for success for me. And what I realized was when I had everything that I thought that I wanted, which was, like I said, the six-figure career, the, you know, I bought a house by the age of 24, 25. I married my high school sweetheart by 27, 28. So like I had all the things that should make me happy, right? (laughs) Like I still felt deeply unfulfilled. So it was like, a no-brainer. And and like I said, I feel like, you know, I think it's important to say is that I feel like there is no wrong decision in life. And I can say that more like, you know, with an inner knowing now than maybe years ago, but it's like every decision is serving us in some way. And we are exactly where we need to be. And basically what happened was when I came back from maternity leave, they wanted to very corporate, like eliminate my job and make roll four jobs into one as a new mom. And I just very, you know, frankly was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I can't do this. Number one, the person's not going to be set up for success. And number two, like, I'm overwhelmed. I was struggling with postpartum anxiety, which I didn't know that I had at the time. And I was like an emotional wreck. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. And I just, I had signed up to do my coaching program already the year before. So I knew that that was happening. And I was like, what are my options? You know? And so basically... The options they gave me weren't good options, but there was one good option and it was taking a severance package. And I was like, well, now is the time to either like take the leap of faith and do it mm-hmm. or stay miserable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like stay fucking miserable, cry every day, you know, not under, not know. You know, I would come home. I remember, you know, then this is like me kind of thinking back now because yeah. in the moment, where sometimes we just, sometimes we just do what we think we have to do. That's the problem, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just suck it up as people pleasers. We just do what we got to do. We get through the day and I'm like, no, but you have a choice, right? You actually, Mm -hmm. your life doesn't have to be miserable, even though like my dad's story was work is work. You don't like work. You got to, you know, got to work hard, get anywhere. Like I took that on as my story. And when I like look at the options, like, no, why would I choose to be miserable when there's this other option that actually I don't, there's unknown. There's a lot of unknown in the other option. But like what made me jump was, well, what's the worst case scenario? Okay. The worst case scenario is I would end up homeless. I'm like, well, would I really end up homeless? I'm like, Well, no, because actually I have skills that are marketable. I would go back to recruiting and training and development. I'd go back to doing what I was doing. So if I'm already living my worst case scenario, why (laughs) wouldn't I choose, you know, to take the leap, to take the risk? And so that's what made me move. Uh, I love, I mean, so many people stay in like jobs that they're miserable in because they don't know if they have other options or it's too risky, but it's so, that's such a good way to look at it. Of, like, I'm going to leap and it could work out really well. Like I always like to think of like, what's the best that could happen. But yeah, if you look at like, what's the worst that could happen, well, I'll just end up back here. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then that is the other question I asked too, is what's the best that could happen? I could be loving my life. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I can be loving my life. And, and that's the big thing too, is like, 
I have zero regrets. And even in the moments of being, like I said, in moments of not, not like the uncertainty with financially, I would never trade what, like, I love what I do, right? Like, and now it's also the other big piece that's kind of, this is where I'm at now is the shifting into owning my value in an even deeper way, owning my worth in an even deeper way. So it's like, what I feel like too, is when you truly are aligned, you know, when you're truly authentically aligned where you're going, you will be supported, you know, like, when I look at all the moments in my life where just support has shown up as in really weird ways, like I've been supported and it's because I'm living in alignment. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I mean, I'm so glad that you took the leap and I mean, I can just tell how like happy you are and with what you're doing. So how can people, you know, that are listening and they're like, yes, I want this energy that Aaron has and I want to find my authentic power. Like, how can they work with you? Yeah. And I want to say too, like really simple, because I thought you were going to ask me that question, like, what can they do? Right. And it's like, this is so simple. We think that like, we can't be happy now, but happiness is a choice. And so Mm. definitely in your moment right now, what you focus on expands. And so if you focus on the miserable, the lack, you know, if you focus on any of the negativity, that's going to be what's expanding in your life. When you choose to focus on joy and pleasure and fun and play, that's going to start to expand. So I would say like something that people can do that's really practical is just for 10 minutes a day, commit to yourself to do something that's fun, that's joyful, that brings you pleasure, that gets not only like from your mind, like, you know, like you have to feel the joy and the energy in your heart. So even if it's like dancing, like I said, I mean, that's something I can, I cannot dance and not have fun, you know, (laughs) I just can't. So doing something like that. And then yes, in terms of how people can work with me, you can follow me on social. I'm at it's Erin Bogdan, B-O-G-D-A-N. And my Facebook is just my name, Erin Bogdan. LinkedIn is Erin Bogdan. And I'm also looking to possibly create a, a Facebook group to keep this dialogue like this happening. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, definitely going to put all of that in the show notes so people can connect with you and, you know, connect it and post it on what you're doing and what you're up to. And I always love to ask, like, how has being yourself impacted your success and your life? It's everything. Because if, you know, I think about this a lot, like if I let my voice be squashed, you know, if I didn't start owning my voice, owning what I have to share, owning what I have to say. You know, if I let the fear get the best of me with show, like showing up on video wasn't always easy for me, right? It wasn't a corporate setting because I was a trainer, but I was talking about other people's things. You know, when it comes to talking about you, it's like a whole nother ballgame, right? Yeah. So if I let that fear get in the way of me showing up, I wouldn't be transforming lives in the way that I'm transforming lives. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be having the impact that I very much believe that I was meant to be having in this lifetime. You know, I wouldn't be living my purpose, living my passion. And so, yes, there's fear, but like the, you know, what is it? You can either face everything and run or forget everything and rise. And it's like, I choose to rise. You know, I choose to 
have the courage to go where it's uncomfortable to go because every moment you're stretching yourself beyond your comfort zone is a moment that you're growing. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't even imagine if I wasn't owning my truth, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, like I just, I can't like fathom, like now that I'm on this side of things, I can't fathom not being me, like not being me. Because for anyone that feels like they're shrinking themselves, the world is waiting for you. The world is waiting for your authentic voice, your authentic mission. You know, everyone has a gift to share in whatever way that unique way that is. And it's like, the biggest fear that gets in the way is our fear of rejection, our fear of abandonment. And it's like those people that are in your life just because you're showing up for them in in the way of who they think you need to be, that love is surface level love. When you start to own who you are, you receive even deeper, bigger love from the people who you are really like impacting. And the fear of what I had of my family, like, you know, God, like they're going to disown me, right? Like that fear of being abandoned by my immediate family actually didn't come to fruition, right? (laughs) So understanding, you know, for the people that really love you deeply to your core, they're going to be around whether you, you know, are shrinking yourself or not shrinking to yourself. And the ones that aren't meant to be will fall away. And that's okay too, because why do you want them in your life anyway? So I think that's what I would leave you with is to not allow your fear to stop you from, you know, owning your truth. Yes. I love that. I mean, that is such a good message because you're right. Like everything, it comes down to fear and we are so afraid of what other people are going to think and afraid that, you know, our people aren't going to stay around us if we start to change who we are, which is actually changing into who we're supposed to be. But you're so right. Like the people that truly love you, like they're still going to be around. And the people that you were meant to help and be around, like they're going to come and show up. And all those other people, they suck and they'll they'll fall off and go away. <laughs> so I love that. Was Is there anything else that you want to leave with people today? Or I think the last thing that just came to mind I want to say too is that I'd love to absolutely hear from you what resonated with you, what really stood out to you, what stuck with you. And I didn't, I don't think I answered directly. I have an application on my website too for anyone that's interested in working with me one-on-one or finding out more information about that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I know that people are going to have so many aha moments and are going to reach out to you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Ariel. It was such a pleasure. So as we recover from people-pleasing, it's important to detach from external validation. It's important to remember that you are not your thoughts. You can see your thoughts playing as a movie and decide to change them and take more empowered action. And my favorite line from this conversation really is, your thoughts are like farts. So what about you? What did you get out of this conversation? Be sure to connect with Erin on social media at Erin Bogdan and let her know what resonated with you. The other thing that I'm taking away from this conversation is making it a daily practice to acknowledge what I'm proud of myself for. I think this is a great way to build confidence, remind myself what I'm capable of, and that these small things can be celebrated. And I love celebrating small wins and would love to celebrate whatever it is that you're proud of yourself for. So come join us in the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community where we can celebrate your daily wins and links to connect with Aaron and join our community are all in the show notes. It's time to unplug from external validation. It's time to redefine your worth. It's time to embrace your true self. It is time to be you.